0: Well, hello friend and welcome back to the podcast as always this is your host brayden and today we have a fun different bonus episode for you um the rest of this episode is going to be a recording from session one of the live masterclass we did today which was titled the most common legal and tax mistakes at each stage of business and how you can avoid them um i taught on the class for about the first 50 minutes and in the last 10 minutes, I shared all about our brand new, brand new ish program, Unfuck Your Biz. Uh, we launched this about four times through 2020 and 2021. And then we went to teaching Profit RX, our membership. It's essentially the same content we've had on Profit RX for the past couple of years now. So if you've thought about joining Profit RX, uh, now you would want to join Unfuck Your Biz. Profit RX did not go away. We're just kind of pivoting it to be more of an ongoing membership for people after they unfuck their biz. So you join the program for all of the tax and legal setup, and then you can join ProfitRx after for the ongoing maintenance. So that is the new structure, the new curriculum. If you want to learn all the things, listen to the whole episode. If you really just want the sales pitch, I totally get that. If you're short on time and you're just like, what's Braden selling? I might be interested in joining. Um, skip to probably about the 50-minute marker of the episode, and that'll probably get you there. So that is all. Um, enjoy, enjoy the recording. Well, hello there, friend, and welcome to part five of five of our contract series. I hope you've been enjoying my weekly rants and ramblings all about contracts. We will be switching topics, I believe. I'm like 90% sure we will be switching topics next week for the month of August. We're going to move on past contracts. So really soak up all the contract goodness while we are here for week five. So if you haven't listened to the previous four episodes, I definitely would recommend doing so because we're kind of covering this. Sequentially, that's the fun part about doing the series, is that each episode can build on top of one another. What I want to talk about in today's episode, though, is the fact that you probably need more than one contract in your business. I think a lot of us neglect this, right? We tend to only think of our client service agreement. So the client service agreement is the contract that we sign with our clients. It's the most common one, it's really the most important one. So if you don't already have that definitely go back and listen to the past four episodes or if yours just needs some sprucing up, those episodes are going to help you a lot as well. We also typically need more than one client service agreement. Ideally, if you provide multiple different services or if you really provide one service with multiple different like tiers or packages, I always recommend having a template for each service all inside of your CRM, your client relationship management program, like a Dubsado or a HoneyBook. When I was providing one-on-one services, I still do like a little bit here and there. I had a strategy session contract. I had a contract drafting contract. Very meta, I know. Um, If you want to work with me this month on your contract, you can see what my contract drafting contract looks like. I also had an LLC formation contract. So basically all the services... I provided, right? I had a different contract for them. So that way, if someone wanted to hire me, I could have my contract out to them within about five minutes because they were all templatized. So make sure that you have all of your client contract templates good to go. You also might need contractor agreements. So this is our second type of contract. Also, I probably should have intro this a little bit better. I'm going to be going through all the different types of contracts that we typically see in small business, and we'll discuss whether or not you need them. So the first one was the client service agreement. The second is a contractor agreement. So this is what you're going to use if you're hiring contracts to help your business. And what I often see where people get confused is when determining whether they need a contractor agreement or a client service agreement. So I'm going to use the example of a virtual assistant, right? So if I hire, like if I hire a VA a virtual assistant to set up my HoneyBook account, to set up all my workflows, that's like a project-based contract. And that's a service that they probably provide to other clients. Ideally, they should send me a client service agreement because I'm their client, right? But what if I'm hiring like a virtual assistant who's going to help me on a monthly basis, right? If they're a social media manager, they might have a social media management client service agreement they're going to send me to have me sign. But if they don't have that, if they're just going to be doing kind of like random hourly work, then I might have them sign my contractor agreement. So You send someone a client service agreement when they are hiring you and you need to send them a contract. You send someone a contractor agreement when you are hiring them and they don't have a contract. Hope that helps. Contract agreements are also um, pretty typical when you're subcontracting work, right? So maybe you're a web designer and you're going to hire someone to come and do certain elements of the graphics or just the SEO part of this whole project. And you might have them sign a contractor agreement to subcontract some of this work. Also, like second shooters or subcontractors, you're going to send them a second shooter agreement, right? They're probably not going to send you a contract. So these are kind of the two sides that we see. Client service agreements, contractor agreements. You likely need both of those things. If you're working with contractors and you don't have a contractor agreement, big bit of great flag. Um, This is something we even talked about In the month of June, we did our hiring series, and I talked all about the independent contractor laws and how many states, California included, if you have an exception to the contractor laws that allow you to use contractors, despite the fact that you provide the same core service, it's very complicated. I know you are required to have them sign a written contractor agreement, and that contractor agreement must state specific things in it. Go back and listen to those episodes if you have questions. I also have a mini course on Fuck Your Hiring that will walk you through all of that and give you a contractor agreement. So send me questions if you have any questions on that. The next topic or the next section is, I call these wind-up contracts. And we talked about these a little bit in the last episode, but I could probably come up with a better name. But these are contracts that you're going to use anytime you have like a hiccup with a client Or you're going to wrap up work with a client. So, clients mad, they want to fire you. You want to send them a cancellation agreement. Clients mad, they want to sue you. You want to send them a release agreement saying that they release you from any and all legal claims. You have a client that needs to postpone their services, put like you need to put them on a hold. They're going to change their wedding day. That requires a postponement agreement, right? I shouldn't say requires because like really, you don't legally have to have a contract ever. It just would be really dumb not to. Similar situation. You're going to postpone services. It would be very silly not to have a postponement agreement. Okay. The other option is addendums, right? So addendums, I only I only really recommend addendums if you're doing like small tweaks to your contract. You need to just like add a paragraph, that kind of thing. Most of the time, I just recommend doing a whole new contract. But these are our windup contracts, Our next topic are website contracts. So I I was going to say I'm not going to get into the weeds on privacy policies. To be honest with you, I can't get into the weeds with privacy policies because I just don't know that much about the legalities around them. What I can tell you is that the US has a lot of privacy rules. The EU countries have a lot more privacy rules. And all of these laws impact what you can do with people's information when you're collecting it on their website. And nowadays with like cookies policies and all that kind of tracking, there's a lot of shit that happens on the internet that we're not aware of, right? Like most of us know we have very little privacy now. This is how the ad targeting on Facebook is so good because our web browsers are tracking all of our search history and all this kind of stuff. Like you mentioned a thing that you want to your friend and like we all swear that they're like voice recording us because you get an ad for it the next day. Anyhow, this is where the privacy policies come into play, particularly if you're collecting emails on your website, like you gotta have a privacy policy. They tend to be very, very formulaic. And what I mean by that is you can pretty much buy a privacy policy from anywhere and it's gonna be fine. Like pretty much all you'll need to change on it is your business name because the privacy policy, like there's not a lot of room for customization because what I can tell you is in the U.S., like you can do a lot of stuff with people's information, like you can sell it, like you can do a lot of stuff, you're just legally required to disclose what you reserve the right to do. So if you ever go read a privacy policy, they're really kind of scary, because it's really the privacy policy is there to tell you, you don't have any, Like we're not giving you any privacy. Like we're just legally disclosing to you that there's like no privacy in any of this information. So Uh, Anyway, it's a template, though, that you should have on your website for sure. And then the other website contract is web terms of service or program terms of service. These are very important anytime you sell something directly through your website. So to give an example here, if you're providing a service, you're going to send them your client service agreement, right? Like hopefully you have an intake form on your website. Someone will fill that out. You'll talk to them, then you'll send them your contract. They're going to sign it. But if there's like an actual purchase button on your website, then you want to have web terms of service. So especially if you have an e-commerce store uh, where they're going to buy, like I'm holding a cup of coffee. So I'll say a coffee mug, like you do coffee mugs. They're going to buy the coffee mug. You need to have web terms of service that say whether that item can be returned. Like if they're going to return it, what's the shipping costs? Like, do you have any kind of warranty? All that kind of stuff. And this is also what you're going to have if you sell online programs like I do. So if you have online courses, memberships, anything like that, templates, like I sell contract templates, you want to have web terms of service that outline the details of the purchase terms. Other uh, contracts, the next category are intellectual property related contracts. So things like non-disclosure agreements. If you're ever going to work with someone and you have to provide them with confidential information that you do not want them sharing with anyone else, it's helpful to have a non-disclosure agreement. Sometimes when you want to hire someone, you need to share with them information like, uh, I don't know, You they need to go into your website and like poke around and look at stuff so they can give you a quote for services. This is where it's useful to have that person sign an NDA saying that they won't disclose any of this information before you have them sign a full on contract. Because most of the time, a client service agreement is going to have confidentiality terms in there. But if you have to disclose confidential information before you enter into a client service agreement for some type of discovery process, then it's good to have an NDA up front. Another IP related contract is a licensing agreement. This one is less common, but if you ever want to license content to someone else, this is where they're going to like white label your content or repurpose your content to sell to other people. You want to have a licensing agreement for sure. Uh, Or if you're going to provide them with educational content that they can provide to their members. The next topic is guest speaker and podcast contracts. So this is something that I'm starting to explore, to be honest with you. I haven't looked into these a lot because it's kind of like another type of IP contract, which is not directly in my wheelhouse, at least right now, something I'm planning on doing more research on. But anytime you're going to be a guest speaker or someone's going to have you as a guest speaker, particularly if there's going to be payment involved, you want to have contracts for that. Next category is affiliate agreements. So I just got asked by a very good friend a couple of weeks ago for a partnership agreement template. And whenever someone asks me for a partnership agreement template, it kind of puts me on guard because in legal terms, A partnership is a type of business, right? A partnership is when you're going to have a business partner, you're entering into business together, and now you're expecting to share profits 50 50, not necessarily, but generally it's 50 50. And that means you need to have a partnership tax return and you need to have an EIN number. And ideally, your partnership will form an LLC, and rather, Be rather than be a general partnership, you will actually have a multi member LLC. That's a whole thing, right? Oftentimes, when business owners say, Oh, we're going to be in this partnership, what they really mean is like, we're going to create this thing together and we're going to sell it, or this person has a thing and I'm going to help them sell it, in which case, this is more of like an affiliate arrangement, right? It's like one project that you're going down. Um, you could structure that as a partnership, but that typically is way overcomplicated and it's a lot easier to do in affiliate arrangements. So an example for this would be last year when Amy Porterfield launched her Digital Course Academy course, Um, I approached my good friend Renee Dallow and asked her if she wanted to do a joint affiliate launch because... um, Really, I knew that I would probably have like two to three to maybe five people join as an affiliate. And I wanted to provide like weekly coaching sessions to help people build out their courses. I knew Renee was going to be an affiliate. And I say, hey, wouldn't it be smart if we ran our affiliate program together? And then that way we could help each other... help each other deliver the content each week. We want to be solely responsible. She said, that's a great idea. Well, rather than like opening a joint bank account and getting an EIN and doing all of that, we just said, how about one of us collect the money and then we'll just pay the other person via 1099. So that's not a partnership. That's like an affiliate arrangement. It's like a strategic, I don't even want to call it a strategic business partnership. A strategic business arrangement, we'll call it. But then it's really helpful to have a contract with that. So anytime you enter into not a partnership, but a strategic business arrangement, you want to have an agreement. And then same thing, if you have affiliate programs, you should have affiliate agreements. And then our last category, I have partnership and operating agreements. So these are like corporate bylaws. If you have a true business partnership, you want to have a partnership agreement. Once you form an LLC, regardless of whether it's an LLC on your own as a single member or a multi-member LLC, you need to have an operating agreement and this is a topic that i discuss a lot more when we dig into llcs and business entities but it's very very overlooked a lot of people do not get operating agreements when they form their llcs and that's a problem this is it's one of your required corporate formalities we call it if you ever have a lawsuit and someone tries to pierce the corporate veil, which means they try to ignore your LLC and go after your personal assets, your operating agreement is one of your pieces of evidence that show that you're properly running your LLC and that your formalities are in place and that someone should not be able to disregard it. So basically, you need to have an operating agreement in place to actually get the protections that an LLC affords you. Is it like that crystal clear? um, Black and white? No, to be honest with you. But- Still something you really should have. Hope that wasn't too confusing. But I just want you to think about all these different buckets or categories of contracts. And anytime you're kind of entering into agreement and agreement with someone or a relationship, a partnership, any of these kind of things, consider, should I have a contract? It doesn't always have to be that complicated. It doesn't have to be that it's like serious. Yeah. Um, It's just there to protect both of you. So think about this, all right? If you want help with any or all of these contracts, I do have templates for them. This is what we're going to be doing in Unfike Your Contracts. It's what I've been talking about at the end of each of my my contract podcast series episodes. We're doing a live program starting next week, the first week of August. It's going to be three weeks long. We will spend the majority of the time customizing client service agreements, so your client contract. But I also have a lot of these other contract templates that we've mentioned so that you will have the templates on hand when you need them. And if you need any of them sooner rather than later, I will be more than happy to answer your questions about them if you are in Unfuck Your Contract. So go check it out. Uh, We only had 10 spots available for the... for the live round of the program, if we have a lot more interest, I might maybe I'll do like a second live round after the first live round. I'll let you know, but I'll have all the details like up on my website. If you have questions about it, just post in my Facebook group. And also, if you want some one on one help with your contract, let me know that as well. I opened up a few different slots on my calendar to do one on ones. We can chat about it. Um, I need to go give my voice a break now, drink some <laughs> drink some water. I've been talking a lot, but I hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode. It was very, very fun. I'll be back in your podcast app app next week with a new series. So get excited. It'll be it'll be super fun.